There's Lemieux. The center penalty coming up. Look at Lemieux. Hockey fans, and how are you doing today? It's another beautiful day in Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show Land. This is season four, episode 15. One we're calling the Gagne after Dave Gagne, scoring superstar of the late 80s, early 90s for the Minnesota North Stars. Hugh famously wore number 15 for the duration of his career. We'll get into him in a little bit. We've got coming up a little bit later on the show. We've got an interview with Dave Robin, local Winnipeg beer league legend. Uh, Dave is, uh, you know, big. He's a coordinator, GM, if you will, for a uh, rec league team, the Crosby's cross bees, the Crosby's. We get into that. <laughs> uh, it's co-host Tom here with you. And I am with, as always, um, with uh, co-host Randy. And it looks like co-host Randy is on a two-on-one. Will he shoot? Will he pass? What's it going to be, Randall? Hey, funny story. That actually happened last night in our game. Uh, <laughs> uh, details, was, please. I yeah. was on a two-on-one with Carter the car guy, and I dished mm-hmm. it, and he went top cheese. So, Oh, so gonna, Randy's passing. I'm going to dish, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, Percentage-wise, uh, like, like, let's just say like, out of every 10 two-on-ones, uh, how many times are you dishing? Uh, like is your is your natural incentive or uh, natural uh what am i trying to say is it to shoot or is it to i would say uh without you know if any uh competition is listing because i don't want to give away my secrets <laughs> but my likely move on a two-on-one is is trying to get the goalie to think that i'm gonna shoot and then i can dish it when he's mm-hmm. kind of over committed to me on on my side and then yeah uh, you know, sets up a the easy tap in for for my teammate. That's that's mm-hmm. my move. <clears throat> that's yeah, and if that if that can be executed, that's the that's the dream move right there. My problem is I I've found myself on a two on one um, a week ago or so, and I shot it because I thought um, better to just get that puck on net than to like try and pass it screw the pass up and like have nothing happen at all <laughs> so it also depends on where you're at in the game like yeah if you need shots like you said you got to take the shot the other yeah. thing too is like if you fake the pass or you make it look like you're going to pass and you see that goalie kind of cheating towards thinking the pass is going the other way yeah. then you might have something to shoot at on the short side you know it's all about set, like, you know, that's maybe why Carter is such a good hockey player because he's a good salesman. He can sell it. So <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's yeah, that, that's good. And yeah, I had a two on with probably the best goal scorer on our team, and I shot it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, eh, yeah. maybe you want to dish that. Yeah. But hey, I thought I looked and I was like, I see lots of room on that five hole, and I went for it, but he, he closed it up. So way she goes. But uh, yeah, that's a. Uh, 
That's always a conundrum or a, it's a fun conundrum to have yeah. a shooter pass on a two on one. Um, I'd say I'm, I'm like probably 75% of the time I'm shooting. So goalies get ready. Yeah. <laughs> or are you just saying that? Uh, yeah, right. Know? Exactly. So <laughs> you never know, but uh, yeah, let's talk a little bit of Dave Gagne. Um, <clears throat> Dave was, like I said, off the top of the show, a Minnesota North star for, I would say most of his career. Um, he played a 15 year career in the NHL. Uh, 946 games, ended up with 719 points. Um, nine of those seasons were with Dallas, were with Minnesota slash Dallas. He was on the Stars, the North Stars, when they became the Stars. So they moved down to Dallas for the 93-94 season. And uh, Gagne was one of the guys who went with the team. And that year that they moved, he scored 32 goals. That was his last 30-goal season. He had a streak of seven seasons of 30 plus uh but that was the last he couldn't take the move he said boys <laughs> i'm done scoring goals for you and then he moved around a little bit went to went to toronto played 28 games in toronto went to calgary for a season vancouver for a season then he uh and he oh he played two years in florida and then he hung him up uh but a pretty solid career and like i was saying to randy before we started recording uh, you know, just before I consulted the list, I was just like, who do I think of when I think of the number 15? And Dave Gagne was the first guy that popped into my head because like in my prime hockey card collecting days, he would have been, you know, that's the early 90s when he's putting up some like, you know, 40 goal, 38 goal seasons, that kind of thing, right? Like, and you're like, oh, that's a good card to get. Plus, he's got that sweet green North Stars jersey on. The year the Penguins beat the North Stars in the final, Dave Gagne would have been a big part of that North Stars team. Yeah, he had uh, 27 points in 23 games that uh, playoffs. That's pretty huge. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, like, you know, that's funny. That North Stars team is actually probably one of the worst teams to make it all the way to the finals, like in the history of. Yeah, Stanley Cup finals, spanked. if you will. Yeah. But that was a Cinderella run for the ages. That was great. Yeah. I was I was kind of cheered. I mean, I kind of wanted Pittsburgh to win. At that time, I don't remember really who I wanted to win in that series, but I do remember like rooting for the I always love rooting for the underdog. And, and Minnesota yeah. was definitely the underdog in that one. Um Gagne's got that <laughs> Cooper Cooper bucket, you know, the one like the Marc Messier style. Um with the with the side clips so you could yeah. that was like the first one that was like adjustable i think or, i just sent you like a great picture uh okay in the whatsapp there uh he's yeah. wearing that he's wearing that uh same helmet there and and then there's another one where he's got an updated <laughs> joe film <laughs> <laughs> that one you said there we'll post this to the instagram he's got he's got a real look of i don't know what the look on his yeah. face is he's <laughs> back that, checking maybe yeah uh, that's yeah. They, the, the photographer caught him at a odd moment there so, but... and yeah they clearly had to use that picture for the cover of a magazine <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was no more flattering photos of him but um those north stars jerseys from that era are so classic and iconic to me like you look at that white north stars jersey with the 1991 stanley cup crest on the on there yeah yeah um <clears throat> 
they got you know the yellow green and black striping it looks so good and so the minnesota wild kind of did a throwback to that last year didn't they right with their I don't retro. know if that was the reverse retro yeah. jersey or whatever they did. That was pretty sharp for sure. Yeah. So this, this this logo though, <clears throat> you could like it's not as good as the Whalers logo, but like it's in the ballpark. Like mm-hmm. they don't yeah. make logos like that anymore. I'll tell you that. Yeah. North Arrow pointing up with the star on it. You yeah. know exactly what that team <laughs> yeah. name is, right? Like it's pretty good. <laughs> I like it a lot. Um the one thing they didn't work into that logo is an M really unless it's like i can't see it but it's just the n for a north star but but you would think maybe they would have worked the m for minnesota in there but uh yeah yeah no but no that's a good jersey and dave <laughs> gagne solid solid player he he never uh won awards he was nominated for the selkie a couple times and i and by nominated i mean he received a f- some votes like like he was never like top top three or whatever but um also you know, 30, 30 and 40 30 and 40 goal seasons back then are like 20 and 30 goal seasons now so and like mm-hmm. a lot of guys in the league score that many goals like he was kind of in the middle of the pack he was never mm-hmm. like superstar but no uh, he was but a, very he was solid i mean sniper when, <clears throat> yeah when you finish when you finish your career with 318 nhl goals and 719 points and in 946 games like that's 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 pretty dang good and like it's not like he played for great teams that that minnesota team that went to the finals like we said wasn't even a great team yeah but you know they they had some okay seasons for sure there um but then when he went to like you know toronto and calgary and florida like those were bad teams um he was in he was on florida the season after they went to the finals against Colorado, which oh, yeah. again, that was one, it was like a very big mismatch. <laughs> that was uh, Colorado swept him, I believe. Well, <laughs> and Dave is the, the father of a current NHLer, Sam Gagne, which we just confirmed. Right. Yeah. 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 So that's, the, that's kind of a fun fact. Like, um, and Sam, it feels like he's been in the NHL for a long time and Dave's not that old, but yeah, uh, Sam, like for sure, like, he's got to be close to 15 years in the league. I would think. Yeah. 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 He's, <clears throat> he's got the best, the... he's got the best backhand toe drag Deke move ever. I still like, got... I can watch that move and I don't even understand what he's doing. <laughs> he's got nifty hands. That's for sure. Um, Sam, Sam Gagne, uh, currently with the Detroit Red Wings. Um, he played for Edmonton for a number of years there, uh, but he's kind of been around the league a little bit, but yeah, he's like a pretty solid nifty player like and and i think he probably fits in nicely on that detroit team that they've got now which is sort of an up-and-coming team and sam can play the role of wily veteran you know um and sort of give the the young fellers some pointers for how to be a a pro you know so we're gonna um we're gonna toss it to our little interview with dave robin right now gm of the crosbys we're gonna talk a lot of beer league hockey in this one uh and other stuff but uh Let's let's hit the internet airwaves here and uh, catch up with Dave. All right, we're here with David Robin, uh, general manager of and uh, beer league legend of the Crosby's uh, Rec Hockey Club here in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Dave, thanks so much for joining the show. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. 
So uh, just uh, before we start recording, I, I heard you mention it's your first podcast. Uh, I'm glad that we could, you know, uh, break you in. Yeah. <laughs> first podcast, I've been asked a few times, but yeah, you know, I know Randy, so I was like, yeah, let's do it. Let's have fun. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Well, we'll get lots of good beer league talk here uh, and uh, and other stuff as well. But um, yeah, why don't we start with a little bit of like the old uh, Dave's history of hockey like you always have you always played like since you were a little kid or did you get into it later or how how did that sort of go for you yeah well i'm uh, i'm the youngest of four boys so i have three older brothers and they all played hockey um so they needed someone to shoot pucks at so they put me, <laughs> so they put me in net and uh started playing goalie as a young lad probably played till i was about well from the age of six till about 10 11 then i made the switch out I played out of the Norwood Community Club in uh, St. Boniface there. And, uh, yeah, we had a really good team one year. We, we, we had a stellar hockey player who just, you know, made us the champs. And, uh, yeah, I would say I played till about 15 years old. Then I stopped. Uh, my parents couldn't afford play, uh, paying for it. So I just quit completely, played sports at school, and then, uh found a love for beer league at 23 and i uh, never looked back i'm now 40 years old oh right on yeah yeah that was kind of i mean I, randy's i think a similar story but like you know i played as a kid until you know sometime in my teens things got interesting away from the rink and i kind of put it all behind me and then i fa- i didn't find beer league until i was 30 though and and yeah i'm just over 40 now so it's kind of um it's the it's been a lot a decade of of greatest hits here (laughs) i feel like the pandemic was very rough uh because there was almost like a whole year where there was no hockey and (laughs) and it really sucked Uh, and i felt like my skills were going to waste because i was really you know thinking the game really well i was in good hitting your beer league prime right (laughs) yeah i was in my beer league prime come back from the pandemic i've lost a step you know (laughs) but uh yeah so so dave a lot of our a lot of our guests uh you may have noticed there's a bit of a you know a relation to to music and punk rock uh for instance and um maybe in that window from 15 to 23 is that when you kind of picked up the bass and were playing in punk bands because uh that's what i kind of remember absolutely randy you know uh you know, we're big fans of your band. So uh, we, I, I, when I, when I started playing bass was roughly the year I quit playing hockey. So I saved up some cash and bought my first bass guitar. And I said, you know what, let's, let's rock and roll. And punk rock just happened to be, you know, my passion at the time. And uh, you know, Green Day was such an influence. And then, then I went to the, the deeper, darker uh, punk rock or the underground, I should say. And then uh, that's when uh, everything fell into place for me no effects lag wagon all those guys it was awesome good time to be a punk rocker back then what would you say like you know there's like uh, eric melvin from no effects there's obviously chris anna from propagandy there's chris number two from anti-flag john glant from billy talent like why do you think there's all these punk rockers that also like ripping the puck around i don't know i think it's uh it's it just goes hand in hand like you get jacked up when you listen to punk rock and you know you just while you're lacing up the skates you just 
you just want to go and rip some pucks at the same time. Right. So it's just, it's just, I think it just goes hand in hand. You're not going to be a, a, a hockey player while listening to opera. Well, you might be, but like, you know, it might not get you as jacked up as punk rock. I remember mid to late nineties. Uh, I was, you know, junior high, high school and uh, Gob was, you know, a favorite band of mine at that time largely because of their music videos. I mean, I really liked their music as well, but it, I watched a lot of much music back then. And and they had uh, that great music video. I believe it was for the song, You're Too Cool, that had snowboarding and hockey in it and curling. And curling. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And snowboarding and hockey at, uh, at the time were my two favorite things besides, you know, rocking out and stuff. So um, <laughs> that was, uh, yeah, I don't know. There's uh, something, something about it, I guess, but. Um, actually one other punk rock related question like and this is something that we've asked the other punkers it's like was there ever a clash or even maybe a personal clash within yourself it's like the jocks versus the punks and it's like you know you're playing sports and you're playing playing in a punk band like was there any uh conflict there uh i don't i don't think so i think when i was playing hockey uh before i quit there was a kid that kept on asking me like, let's start a band, let's start a band. And he was punk rock too. So I think a little bit, there was, there was, a, there was this, you know, there's a, the weave of the music and the, the hockey uh, together. So um, I find that there was a lot of, of musicians playing hockey. It's just, it's just something to do in winter in Winnipeg. Right. So um, I, I think there was a lot of, punk rockers and there's a lot of metal heads too that are playing hockey at the same time but uh in my experience so but yeah i think it was definitely uh definitely a mesh of the two which was which was nice because you know i don't want to be classified as a jock or a punk rocker i guess <laughs> yeah it's maybe more like Along the lines of like band kids and stuff, but the division between them and jocks, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, especially at my high school anyway. But, uh, and then we recently talked to Joey Shithead of DOA and he grew up in a different kind of era of punk rock when even like other, like, like metalheads, they didn't like punks at all. Like that was like a huge rivalry and any, you know, mods and all these guys, they all thought these punks in the late seventies, early eighties were just, you know, out to lunch and uh, <laughs> they had a hard time with it. But anyway, you know, that was part of Joey said where they got their toughness from, <laughs> you know. And then, oh, yeah. But uh, for sure, those mosh pits, uh, you keep those levels high, just like in the corners, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned Green Day and some other bands there of that era that were your favorites. What about hockey players from that era? Did you have any, you know, who who's your top three favorite players from the sort of 90s era? Well, I would uh, definitely, well, I was a big Detroit Red Wings fan. Like the, the fact that they made the, the, you know, the playoffs every year, year after year, year after year, and you had so much talent on the team. Uh, I was a big fan of Sergei Fedorov. I wore 91 all my beer league career uh, until I made the switch to the Crosby's. And that's when I switched to 61. But yeah, growing up, Fedorov, Eisenman, those uh, Lidstrom, like those guys were, were, I'd watch them every day. And I'd, you know, take my stick out during intermission, go shoot some pucks, pretend I was them, you know, like <laughs> Fedorov going in scores and <laughs> kids would join me and it was fun. Yeah. But, you know, you got also that era is the best, like I'm a little bit biased, but that era, like Yager, you know, we got Solani, mm. Lemieux, Gretzky, Messier, all those guys. I can't, you know, those guys are top notch hockey players. It was fun to watch. Mm -hmm. And spe actually speaking of your brothers, how you mentioned before, so 
Dave's what third oldest brother? Like he's JP the third oldest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. JP's so we, the one ahead of me. Just yeah. So, yeah, yeah. So JP and I were roommates in college. But and one thing I always remember JP telling me about was like the epic road hockey game you guys would have. Uh, like was it every Christmas or every New Year's or something like a yeah. a family it's, tradition where you're doing uh, like road hockey? We just we just played the 24th annual. Uh, so it's a midnight Christmas street hockey game. We play every technically it's boxing day, but we, we drop the ball at midnight on boxing day. So we, we gather on Christmas day at around 11, clear out whatever we need to do, set up the, set up the, the parking lot, I should say. And then, uh, we wait till midnight, we drop the ball and we played about three, three 30 in the morning, depending how cold it is, no matter what, we, no oh, matter wow. what we play the only year we, the only year it didn't happen was COVID. Yeah. Mm. So so we still played the 24th annual. The 23rd was canceled and everything. I think we started in 98. It was whatever. Do the math. It's been a while. That's wild. <laughs> yeah. And you, use the, you go with the, the orange ball, the hard orange ball. We, we went through so many different types. You know, we did the tennis, orange ball. Orange ball just got way too hard in the cold. Yeah, so we, yeah, found, yeah. we found these like kids ball that had like Dora or like Ninja Turtles. <laughs> they're a little bit bigger. They're softer. But once they freeze, it's perfect. It's just they're very light. So oh, yeah. you take you take a shot, it curls. But it, it was <laughs> it's just it's fun. It's just yeah. great. <laughs> yeah, those orange ones when they get cold you take a shot in the thigh or something like that oh yeah no they were they were too they were too Things. much yeah especially yeah. when you're especially when you're frozen to you know to the core yeah. and you get one of those off it hurts so tell us about the crosbys uh how long has that team been around what uh what league are you in what ranks are you playing and uh yeah uh any any uh legend legendary beer league stories <laughs> we uh we the Crosby started in, well, actually, that's not true. I was going to say three years ago, but uh, the Crosby's actually started as a spring team. So we'd play every year uh, as a spring team, only 13 games a year. And that's it out of the Dakota hockey uh, club, the Jonathan Taves center there. Um, but we recently moved to winter uh, after a few teams, we, after a few teams of ours, the, uh, kind of debunked so we decided you know what let's just keep the crosbys going all all year and so we started that in 2018 2019 and that's when we hit the instagram and the facebook i mean not facebook the twitter uh really hard and we got a good following we just hit thousand followers on instagram like two days ago so that's a plus um and so yeah so 2018 2019 was the first we second year obviously covid cut the playoffs short so we never had playoffs then the second year we only played seven games and we got we got canceled for the whole season and this year is our first knock on wood season that we didn't need to uh to to avoid you know or lose games so we're uh on track to make the playoffs <laughs> and yeah nice uh, did do crosby's uh still play then in the spring league as well as winter yep. So okay. spring league, we just, we just play for fun. Like we switch might, positions. Might see you out there with the stink birds. That's the spring league team I've play on uh, that goes out of the Dakota. Cool. But uh, I didn't do it last year. And then the year before there was no team. So it's been a couple seasons now, but we've, nice. uh, yeah, we've had a good time. You know, uh, it's a lot of fun. The spring league. I don't know. It just seems like 
one of those things where like nobody takes it as serious. Oh, absolutely. We all, we all switch positions. The high school all-star team and they toe drag you all over the place (laughs) and beat you like nine to two or whatever, but Hey, whatever there we're, we're out. (laughs) We're out back shooting bocce ball and drinking vodka on the rocks after. Oh, 100%. League. My favorite part about Spring League is you could come from the golf course straight to the yeah. hockey rink. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, good times. So what's the Crosby's like crew like? Is it a bunch of guys you grew up with or like, you know, who makes who makes up the team? So the team is uh, is a melee of uh, of characters. It's actually pretty fun. Uh, we have uh, our oldest hockey player is 55, and our youngest is 25. So they could be dad and son, but they're not. Uh, and skill level is is all over the map as well. So, uh, but one thing that I noticed every single year we've played uh, the Crosby's, every single player scored at least one goal every season. So it's pretty diverse in who's scoring and who's putting up numbers. Uh, our penalty minutes, our leader has like 50 career penalty minutes. So we're not a team that, that takes a lot of penalties. We're very nice. lady Bing esque. Right. Yeah. We, Gentlemanly um, hockey. That's the way to go. hundred <laughs> percent. We, we face off teams that just want to scrap us all the time. And we're just like, no, it's okay. And just, you know, here, have the pucks, whatever. We're going to have beers in the dressing room later. So it doesn't matter. Right. So win or lose, we, we just like to have a good time and try to keep it clean on the ice. So like, speaking of that, are there any, uh, you know, young, young hot shots that are always maybe trying to sting the Crosby's. I don't know. <laughs> there, 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 there are a few, uh, there's a few teams out there that just, I don't know. They just have a, like a vendetta against us that, uh, you know, they'll follow us on, on Twitter and Instagram and then they'll, they'll try to chirp us, you know, <laughs> using some of our tweets. We're like, dude, you're following us. You're the fanboys, right? <laughs> so it's kind of funny that way where they'll just, you know, creep our Instagram. We see who's watching our, our stories, but yet they don't follow us. So that's kind of a, you know, like a red flag there. They just want to, they want to get Intel before the game and chirp us. And we love the chirps. Chirps are awesome. You know, part mm-hmm. of the game, as long as you're keeping it clean and, you know, you don't push the limits, don't cross the lines. We're good. We like the <laughs> chirps. <laughs> Most of us wear beer, ca- uh, uh, bird cages anyway. So, you know, we're not going to chirp back too much. <laughs> Do you have a favorite chirp? Oh no, yeah, I'm, like, I'm, the, I'm the worst at chirping. Oh, yeah. Uh, but they, every, you know what's my favorite is when they always say, "Hey, you know, like they they call me fat or whatever," and then I turn around, and I score this beauty beauty goal, and I just look at them, I'm like, you know, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> it happened to me on a shootout one time. I'm going down on on a shootout and just got out of that center ice, and I hear hear some chirps on on the from the bench, and I just the forehand backhand top cheese, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> I just skate right by their bench and say. You know, thanks for the compliments. <laughs> our, our goalie the other day, last weekend, was saying somebody just recently called him old and fat. And he said, hey, <laughs> I'm not old. <laughs> <laughs> so, and so, Dave, you, you, uh, you also mentioned you're playing out of another league, too. So tell us about, like, that's, uh, made, it's, it, like, it operates a little bit differently. There's a draft and stuff like that, right? Like how they make the teams. Yeah, so I live in Santa Gath, and we have a, a couple years back, well, 2015. Oof, geez, that was a while back, actually. We uh, got together and we created a league because our Thursday night pickup game was getting way out of hand. There was like 20, 20 people per side. We're like, hey, this is ridiculous. Let's just make a league. <laughs> so we made a league, and uh, it's all people from town or surrounding towns. 
and uh, we draft the players. So we rank them and then we do like a computer draft. And then if the teams aren't even after the first two rotations, because you, you meet every team about seven times per year, because there's this, a six man or a six team league, eight team league, depending on, on how many guys we have. Uh, we do trades as well. So it's kind of fun that way. We keep mm-hmm. it, keep it, try to keep it competitive the whole way through. Plus, you know, you get to know everybody in town and you, you just, it's really, really fun league actually. So, and it's cheap. <laughs> have you ever been traded? I've never been traded. No, normally I'm one of the captains or I'm a committee member, so I can't get traded. You so, want, so want to have that spread out. You're making the trades. We're making the trades. Yes. That's yeah, right. Yeah. I'm on a committee, so <laughs> we make the trades. <laughs> Have you feel weird coming home, to the, coming home to the wife and be like, well, pack your bags, honey. I've yeah. been traded. That's it. We're, <laughs> we're moving to the south end of town. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's that's a pretty neat like it's almost like uh like club teams you know and i guess every year like you said you're taught your 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 team is always different and you get you get a new crew of guys or whatever and um like how how would you say like how is that scene different than the beer league scene you know like is there a little like is it does it get rough or does it uh like what's it like it can get rough, you know, like, uh, but we're all pretty level-headed and we all know that, you know, next year we might be on the same team, but there's always those guys that, you know, once they hit the ice are completely different than once they hit, the, they're in the dress room. They could be the nicest guy in the world that, like, yeah, but well, all of a sudden you get out there and do two hand you, you're like, Whoa, geez, where does that come from? Right. But it's just, that's the nature of the game. This, you know, a lot of people just get, get consumed by the competitiveness and you just want to win. And, uh, so how how it's different to beer league uh i guess beer league is like you don't really know your opponents all that well where here in st agath you kind of know who's who and and you have like really good friends on the other side so you try a little harder like if, if my buddy slides a net i'll try to go top cheddar on him and just you know next time i see him i'll be like hey why did you give me that goal you know <laughs> so it's 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 fun that way uh that the fact that you know everyone in town or get to know people, right? If you just moved here to St. Gaff and you're just like, Hey, like I want to get to know people and I play hockey. Boom. Come on down. It's a good time. So just checking out some of the jerseys you got in the background. Are you there? I see a couple of Crosby's ones. I also see a Hartford Whalers one. Oh, and there's a Montreal Canadians and my, team Canada one there. My Rick Nash. Um, Winnipeg Jets. So what uh, you mentioned, you're a big Detroit fan. Uh, and you look was. like you may be a bit of a, uh, was a, a yeah. Detroit fan and a bit of a Jersey collector. Do you have a favorite, uh, uh, Jersey, you know, that's on the market these days or anything, or, you know, what's your take on, uh, some of the alternate jerseys that we're seeing, uh, well, teams so, rock lately? some are disgusting, like the, <laughs> the, like the devils, I think it was, I just didn't oh, like the that. black one that just says Jersey on it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like that one at all. Uh, yeah. my favorite logo of all time is the Hartford Whalers uh, logo. Yeah. I, f- I find it really cool. You know, like, uh, the whale tail and then the H mm-hmm. and the W just it makes it look really cool. And when they went to that dark Navy, I really liked that era of whalers as well. I, I'm yeah. also a whalers fan in that way. Like, because they had the sort of like the, the bright green, the Kelly green for a good long time. And in their last yeah. couple of seasons, they wa- went and rocked those dark, navy ones i really thought were pretty sharp yeah they're beautiful i like those and actually one thing that i just noticed and it was kind of with the help of tom that like i always like 
like Crosby's is like, there's like a double meaning, right? Like his cross (laughs) B is like crossbar. Right. But then there's, there's also like, I just realized, Oh, like Crosby. Like, yeah. So it's my friggin' favorite hockey player. And it's like, I don't even get the reference, but uh. that's, that's, you nailed it. That's, that's the reference. Uh, So when we were making that team, I think we started like in 2011 or 12 for spring and we're trying to come up with a name and, you know, Crosby had just scored the golden goal and we all loved yeah. him. And, uh, so we're just like, yeah, it's just, let's just all wear 87 be called the Crosby's or Crosby's right. Or Crosby's Crosby's whatever. Anyway. So, <laughs> so basically we just chopped it up. We said, okay, Crosby's, we found a Sarnia sting logo and slapped that on there. And then uh, I made these uh, last year, we got these done and that's the one with the, the, the Winnipeg skyline in the background. Uh, and it's got some honeycombs you can't see it but on the sleeve there's some honeycombs on the sleeve oh yeah yeah cool so pretty sharp yeah yeah it's a pretty sweet jersey yeah so. we'll have to we'll have to get a picture of those we'll put them up on the instagram and stuff here yeah um so i believe it's on our our pin tweet and on nice. our, it's our instagram as well nice um uh it was i think yesterday was the 12th anniversary of Sidney Crosby scoring the golden goal. Yeah. Now, of course, this interview is going to air in like a week or two. So uh, just go back in time accordingly, listeners, to figure out uh, exactly when that was. It was February February 28th, I guess, would have been the date of the golden goal. Uh, I remember exactly where I was. Do you guys? Yeah. Yeah. I was just, uh, I was at home with a couple of buddies and because uh, I hate watching it and like, huge areas i just need to focus on the game yeah. and uh that was one of those like that that iggy's pass you're just like what yeah. did they quit? And we just started yelling and i don't i don't even think we saw the replay until later because we're just too busy yeah. To yeah i remember um talking to my brother on the phone in the intermission before overtime and just being like so like weirdly nervous and and being but being like you know like oh we got we got this we're gonna do it we're gonna do it and then but just like just so like nervous and then uh i was i was at a friend's um there was a handful of us there and you know they score we're all jumping up and down high fives and stuff and then we all just like without like planning to do it or even saying we all like throw our boots on run outside and we're just like high-fiving all this everybody <laughs> in the neighborhood that's what they did they all ran outside we're just like high five running up and down the street high-fiving everybody <laughs> the portage in maine let's go yeah. i was in peterborough at the time so it was, uh, uh, okay yeah. george street or something like that it's called but uh yeah <laughs> yeah dave you mentioned like actually i'm the same way i can't watch hockey with like a, a big group of people like I need to be able to focus on the game. Like not that I've got anything to do with the game, but it's like, I need to be oh, able yeah. to focus on watching. Otherwise it's just like, why is the game even on? Like, it's so distracting. Yeah. Actually, well, so one, well, sorry. I was going to say like, this, like, just like the Jets whiteout party, such a good time. So much fun. It's just, I, I can't go. I, I have to watch it at home. Yeah. So yeah. when I went one time to, to check it out, it was like, okay, I didn't watch a lick of the game because I was too busy trying to navigate through the, the crowd. And so I was like, you know what? Let's head home. I want to watch this game. So that's yeah. that's how I am. I got one more question for you, and then we'll get to the, the music uh, kind of requests or the music suggestions. But this is something that Tommy and I have talked about over the last few seasons on Talking Hockey. And it's like whether or not you get a number on the back of the jersey that you buy. And right mm-hmm. now, like I like it's I'm a, I guess like 
uh, scared of commitment kind of thing. And <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it. Uh, I don't have like, I, other than a Crosby Jersey, uh, all my other jerseys are blank. So I see you have the, the Rick Nash team Canada one. I see there's a number on the, on the Habs one. Is there a number on the Jets one or and the Hartford one? And if so, you got Wheeler there or you got Ladd or what? That's Ladd, yeah. So I'm the same way. I hate committing to a number because then they'll get traded or whatever, yeah. right? So uh, uh, I normally go with something that's history. So I got Ladd for the, the first captain, first season, got the patch on there. Um, that's how I, I try to stay on to the jersey numbers uh unless it's like my all-time favorite player so like if i were to get a, a another jets jersey i'd probably get buff just because i love buff and i know he doesn't he doesn't play but he's so much fun to watch and he's high risk high reward but he is a beauty so yeah. i'd probably do that um on the, the rick nash one was uh i'm a big fan of rick nash i just like the the way he he handles the puck and he's such a big guy and got smooth mitts so uh this this uh, Habs jersey was just uh, during the run. I bought one. It was a Camilleri jersey, and he did really well that playoff se- series. But I, the number just came with the jersey at the time. It was just someone selling it. I was like, I'll buy it Cam- off you. Camilleri had that playoff run. He had, what was it? Like It was like the most goals, or he was just one away from most playoff goals or something. He had some sort of playoff goal record or i can't remember it's too long ago but yeah. that was quite a run you're a yeah. black he was uh mined in the net there and the, all over montreal i was in montreal that spring and they had stickers all over the place you know how like on stop signs people put mm-hmm. a sticker that says like eating meat so it's like says <laughs> stop eating meat and then uh, all over montreal people had like halak on the stop signs yeah it's it just like the puck stops here kind of thing <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that was and a how about who, who's on the hartford one anybody or is it blank no that was blank yeah. oh yeah yeah that'd be a tough just... call you'd be like pat verbeek or something like that or yeah or like uh, zarely zalapski <laughs> yeah uh, mike liut dave babich yeah, yeah. yeah. mike liut uh chris pronger uh, like rookie pronger, season. yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, brennan shanahan you go uh, gordy howe yeah, you could go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Actually, that's another thing that just reminded me of. I don't know why, but um, it was the the anniversary of Slapshot just coming out the other day. Oh, really? uh, and then Tom, you just sent me all that young blood yeah. uh, oh. stuff. So <laughs> actually, before we get to song requests, let's what's your favorite hockey movie of all time and why? Oh, jeez. I, you know, I'm not going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go with, uh, with childhood memories. Uh, so I'm going to say mighty ducks. I still watch it. I love it. I'm a, I'm a big Fulton fan, you know, uh, <laughs> guys got a nice clapper. Uh, actually, uh, yeah, mighty ducks, but also I know it's not a hockey movie, but there's a lot of hockey references and, and that's uh happy Gilmore. So yeah. Yeah, I just, I'd call that a bit of a hockey movie too. Yeah, it's a hockey yeah. golf movie, so yeah. it, it fits yeah. right into the beer league uh, style of of, yeah. of movie, right? So I know a lot of people would say Young Blood or Slapshot, but I would I I watch you know Happy Gilmore and and uh, Mighty Ducks like twice a year at least. So <laughs> so those are my favorite. Right, yes. on. I think Randy, we might have to have 
an, an upcoming episode like devoted to some hockey movie discussions as well maybe just like really break them down yeah deep dive. Uh, like yeah. that yeah, yeah that young blood info i sent you this morning i was just like i sometimes nerd out on like movie locations like filming locations and stuff like that so i just like for whatever reason that was like on my mind this morning and i had to like find out where those scenes were shot yeah. <laughs> where where were, they, where were they shot? Well, the the Hamilton Arena in the movie is actually the Scarborough Gardens, still oh, okay. still there to to this day. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so it's kind of just like a classic, iconic looking rink, built probably in the seventies. You know, with the with the curved uh, sort of roof and all that stuff. So, um, yeah. Anyway, was <laughs> sometimes I go down rabbit holes like that, but. Um, I, maybe I'll do that with Slapshot next and just we'll uh, we'll come out with like uh, filming locations for for those movies. And you, you, could, you could also do Goon because that's all over. That here, was right? all shot here. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Well, the big yeah. thing with Slapshot, too, and it's kind of uh, like sent not like like, uh, you know, it was referring to uh, Bruce Brujo because he's in that movie. Eh? There's that one shot of him like skating around the net or something like that. And <laughs> Like, uh, and he's the coach for Vancouver right now. And yeah, it's like, it's such a, I don't know, like that, that, that movie is such a timeless movie that, uh, uh, every time I watch it, I catch something else and it seems like it, it keeps getting better, but, uh, mm-hmm. I haven't watched young blood as much. Um, it's a little harder to find too, but, uh, yeah. those are my, I, well, I, I saw young blood for the very first time over the pandemic, uh, it was one that Randy had mentioned like a lot in the first couple seasons of us doing this show. And I was like, <laughs> I've never seen it. And then uh, finally over the course of the pandemic, I uh, tracked it down and put it on and was not disappointed. I, it has got a great montage where he's training to learn in how to fight, <laughs> get back and yeah. shape, get back in shape and stuff. And uh, I love a good, good montage. So, Oh yeah. <laughs> and speaking of montages so the last thing we need from you dave is uh you know whether it's a hockey song that's uh referencing ho- or a, like a, a punk rock song or a rock song that references hockey or if it's just a song that you like to listen to uh before your beer league games uh what, what's what's on your playlist yeah, maybe something from the the crosby's uh locker room jams list or something maybe or- oh yeah uh, no that's uh so my buddy Kevin, who who who's got the, that playlist, uh, for me it would be uh, I like to like I said I really like to get pumped up right. So if it's if it's not hockey related, it's like Rage Against the Machine or Tool, or if you're gonna go punk rock, it's gonna be like you know No Effects or or something that's fast and 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 you know got some punch. But I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out uh, uh, Time to Go by the Dropkick Murphys. Because uh, that's a fun hockey reference song, and the video's got some, you know, Boston Bruins guys. Just you know, well, video, I should say, YouTube video, or whatever. But yeah, it's a good tune. Nice. <laughs> and I saw Dropkick Murphys in in uh, in Montreal Warp Tour in 2003, and they did not disappoint. It was uh, sweet. It was nuts. <laughs> it was it was Dropkick Murphys I was listening to when I blew the speakers in my car. So, well, there you go, right? <laughs> Turn it still up. Haven't one fixed more. Them. One still more. Haven't fixed one more. Yeah. Put it to yeah, eleven. It was, right? it was a beautiful day. The windows were down. You know, I was on my way to slow pitch. I was like, 
Uh, well, away she goes. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll uh, we'll throw to Dropkick Murphys, um, and uh, yeah, pleasure talking to you, Dave. Uh, uh, we always like to remind the listeners out there to keep their stick on the ice, and uh, I don't know any uh, hockey uh, cliches that you like to say to the boys there as you're hitting the ice. Or? I, w- I would say keep your keep your head up, but for me, I, I just skate with my head down the whole time. So. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> well, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, thanks again for having me. Time to go by Dropkick Murphy's uh, great little chat with Dave there. Um, it's one week to the NHL trade deadline, uh, which happens Monday the 21st. So we're going to speculate a little bit here. Um, I think, uh, should I should I maybe like head to the Bay, Randy, and peruse the men's section for a new pair of pants? Or Yeah, you know what? Maybe just hop on the bay.com or something. Uh, <laughs> just, uh, you know, while we're still at the end of this, whatever we're calling this. But uh, yeah, you know, Tommy's going to hop on the internet and... Uh, yeah. Uh, we'll play the we'll play the music and then uh, we'll uh, we'll talk some uh, potential moves coming up. When I wake up. All right, so that was the uh, wearing the pants theme song that you've all come to know and love. Uh, coming up here, you know, like you said, we were about a week out. Um, 
from the trade deadline, our hometown Winnipeg Jets have some serious decisions to make here. Um, maybe I'll make this a two-part question. Number one, num- number one, um, I don't know, like the, I, I, the Jets aren't going to make the playoffs. <laughs> that's, that's, let's, I, let's just maybe like, unless they go on a serious run and we've been saying that for weeks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, now the for run weeks. starts now. Okay. It's like, okay. <laughs> not then, but now. Okay. But, uh, but yeah, do you think uh, they're going to make any moves? Yeah, they have to. And so exactly. We've been saying it for weeks. If they go on a run, they could make the playoffs, but the reality is they haven't gone on a run. They haven't won more than like three games in a row this entire season the time to do it is starting two weeks ago um, and it hasn't happened. So they need the general manager, Kevin Chevaldeoff needs to square up and face reality and say, this team is not making the playoffs. I need to move Andrew Cobb, maybe Paul Stastny too. Um, and any of anything else, you know, sure. But the reality is at the end of the day that Andrew Cobb is their biggest trade chip. He's an unrestricted free agent going into next season. He's going to get himself a hefty payday from his current salary. So some team out there is going to give him, you know, the classic Canada day, July 1st fat contract, you know, UFA, whatever that will be just too much for the jets to fit into their salary cap with all the rest of the things they got going on. And so rather than, you know, keeping cop as their own rental. I used air quotes on that uh, for the listeners, Uh, (laughs) you know, rather than keeping them as their own rental, they need to, they need to move them. Um, And I think you could, if you look at what Nick Foligno brought back for the Leafs last year, it was a first rounder, you know, and cop is, you got to think, okay, well, he could get you a first rounder if you're dealing with the right team. You know, if you're dealing with a team that's desperate enough, obviously the big three that have been rumored to be in the running for cop are uh, Boston, Florida, and Colorado, and Tampa. So the big four kind of. And I could see him being pretty good on any of those teams. Um, And it's like, so should they make a move? Yeah, they should. They should trade Andrew Cop 100%. They should trade Andrew Cop. Uh, maybe they maybe they go for a roster guy instead, you know, because they would have whatever team they're playing with or trading with has to do some sort of salary thing, you know. Ideally, maybe it's a first-round pick, but I think also, you know, getting a roster player back is probably not bad if that guy's got, a year, you know, another year or two on his salary. Some of the names I've heard coming back in these trade rumors are Jake DeBrusque in Boston, uh, Owen Tippett in Florida. Oh, yeah. Uh, and um, uh, Matthew Olivier, I believe his name is, in Tampa. Uh, those are three names that I've heard bandied about. I don't know. If you think about Colorado, who do they have that, that, that you could Bowen Byram. get off them? What's that? Uh, Byram. Yeah, Bowen Byram. I mean, that guy has a lot of great potential. The issue there is he's had a lot of concussion problems already in his young career, but they've got another young draft pick, Justin Barron on defense who figures, you know, he's not on the NHL team right now, but figures to be. And he's uh he's a first rounder from a year or two ago. 
and played junior for the Halifax Mooseheads. I think he's from Halifax area. Uh, so he's a potential trade <clears throat> chip or whatever, but you know, it'll be interesting to see, but my answer to your question, Randy, uh, if I'm putting on Kevin Shevel Dayoff's pants, hundred percent, I'm trading Andrew Cop. Do you actually think they're going to make a move? That's <laughs> Those are the moves that you want to make. Yeah. Do, you, do you think, is is Chevy working the phones to legitimately move Andrew Cop? That's the thing. Like when you look at the standings right now, and you think, I, th- I think they're going to play it safe. I think they're going to keep him as a rental. Yeah, which is so disappointing. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Like, it's just yeah. like, and that's I, I, part of me feels that too. Like, but like the Jets have fifty, sorry, sixty-two points. Which means they're only six points back of the last wild card, which is currently held by Vegas. But in front of them is Anaheim, Vancouver, and Dallas. And then they'd have to overtake either Vegas or Nashville for the last wild card because Minnesota, St. Louis, and Colorado hold the top three in the central. And they're probably not going to, they're definitely not going to. I just don't see them leapfrogging any of those teams, especially since the Jets cannot string together more than a couple wins. And then you look at Vancouver and they've won like nine in a row or whatever. Yeah, and yeah. they're still on the outside looking in. You yeah. know what I mean? Three minutes to so. go here. But um, yeah, like, do you want to limp into the playoffs, you know, and just yeah. get waxed they, in the first round? Or do you want to like ultimately miss the playoffs uh, and, uh, you know, at least set yourself up for a better pick at the draft? The other thing yeah. too, it's like um, with moving cop, like, Cop, in my opinion, is better than Tanev and he's better than Andrew or um, Mason Appleton. But um, it's like, it's those, what do you call them? Like those depth players that complimentary pieces that that make the difference. It's like, and so it's like, then you move Cop and then who feel like we already have a fourth line that's never playing. Now we're going to have a third line that barely plays. Like, I I guess it depends on what, what comes back, but yeah. Whatever the decision is, I'm honestly expecting the Jets to maybe maybe they'll move Schmidt or Brendan Dillon um, yeah. and to open up some space for next year for Dylan Sandberg or, or uh, Billy there. But um, I don't know. I think the Jets are going to kind of treat everybody as a rental and say, like, we're going to make a push for the playoffs and exactly. kind of hope that they make it. And, and then, then they'll miss the playoffs by... Or, or they'll make or it and they'll play Colorado in the first round and just get spanked or something. <laughs> but a uh, minute 30 to go here, Tommy. What's coming up on the next week's episode? Well, next week is the trade deadline day. So we're going to do a little trade deadline special. But, of course, it's Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. We're not insiders, right? We're not, we don't have the trade scoops. We're not going to break some news or anything like that. But we are going to sort of run down some fun facts for you about trade deadlines of your so like while you're watching trade center from 8 a.m till 10 p.m for nothing to happen you can take a break at some point and listen to our show and we'll just like have some fun and then play the audio from our show while you're watching the tv (laughs) there you go there you go yeah and then you see like Derek drager uh just like Oh, breaking news. Reading his phone uh, but, on the air, uh, tweeting yeah, live yeah. on the air. This is what we've come to. We're watching people tweet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, it's it's gripping, <clears throat> gripping television. It is. But yeah, for sure. Tune in next week because we'll have a lot of fun talking trade deadline stuff. 
And uh, yeah, we're going to go out on a song here by a band called Reset. So we were kind of talking, this is like, this is like that classic uh, mall punk of the early thousands. So Dave uh, sent in this little request for us as part of his, uh, when we were, when we were chatting there. So he sent this request in Reset. Thanks for tuning in. Keep your stick on the ice. We'll see you next week. Since you were born, you watch TV, cartoons with violence and greed in your world. All that was okay. Your parents.